helped defend the church by becoming a supporter of Family Life International. Family Life International presents Father Nicholas Grace of the Institute of the Incarnate Word. To learn more about the Institute, go to www.ive.org. What we're going to address today is look at Jesus Christ, try and understand a little bit more about him in the context of the history of Israel. We're going to hear a lot of names and different characters which are going to bring back lots of things to us that we've remembered and learned over the years about Christ and Israel. So it should be, it should be good. Jewish history begins with characters called the patriarchs who are basically the fathers of Israel. We've got Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Abraham, our young friend here, Kajal and the other children will remember maybe it's just a man with a, a long beard and a walking stick. But Abraham was a, a desert chief and he had about 300 clansmen and their families who followed him and worked for him. Abraham would have been like any other desert chief at the time. However, if you met Abraham, you'd be very surprised to see that he was a man that seemed to have his head and his thoughts in the future. If you met Abraham, he would tell you, in the future, all this land is going to belong to my descendants. Don't mind all the other desert chiefs around. It's going to belong to my descendants. The land was Canaan. He'd also tell you that all the nations were going to be blessed by God through my descendants. And he would have underlined by the one and only God. But then he really would have shocked his listeners if you had bumped into Abraham at this time. Because he would say... My descendants will be as numerous as the sand on the seashore and the stars in the sky. And you'd be shocked. You would think that he was the greatest optimist you ever met in your life because at that time Abraham was over eight years of age and he didn't have any children whatsoever. But guess what? In his 80s, he finally did have a son, Isaac. And Isaac received this dream of the future from Abraham. And Isaac passed it on to his son, Jacob. Now Jacob had 12 sons. One was lost or kidnapped or presumed dead. The other 11 though lived with him. In his old age he brought them all and their families to Egypt because there was a great famine in the land of Canaan. They presented themselves in Pharaoh's palace and got a big shock when they saw that the supposed long-lost dead brother, Joseph, was there. And he was Pharaoh's right-hand man. He was the biggest of wheels in Egypt. And he was able to give his father and all of his brothers some of the best and most fertile land. Naturally, they grew very comfortable, very successful. But here's a curious thing. Despite the great comfort and splendor that they were surrounded with, just before Jacob died, he insisted that the boys take him back to Canaan and bury him there. Because he said, in the future, 
That's going to be a very important land. Something important is going to come from Canaan. So the boys followed his example and they did it. But then, of course, they turned back to prosperous Egypt. And there they prospered and prospered and prospered. Go forward many years, there's a new pharaonic dynasty in power. And the new pharaohs, they don't like Jacob's sons because there's an awful lot of them and they're very wealthy. So the new pharaoh takes their wealth, enslaves them, and we think he gets them to build the wonder of the world, the pyramids. Finally, God raises up Moses. He liberates these people, brings them into the Arabian desert for 40 years. Finally, they reach a land, Canaan. Moses says, I can't go in there. I'm not going to be going in there. I'm going to die. But just before he dies, another curious thing. He says, finally, a prophet will come along who will be like me, but greater than me. And to him, you must really, really listen. They left Moses. They went in. They conquered Canaan, which was now a land truly of milk and honey. And after a time, these people decided they wanted to have a king. The first king, Saul, wasn't a great success. The second king, though, David, he became the national hero. But here again is this curious thing about the future. Because despite all the incredible things that David did, the people weren't remembering the past all the time. The wars that he won, the immense fortune that he amassed, the, all the wives that he had, even the poetry that he wrote, what the Israelites were focused on about David was a prophecy that he made about the future. He said that one day, one of my descendants, he will be your savior. He will be a king greater than me. He will come from my line. But there's something we need to know here about Israelite kings. Because as long as there's not a coup de stat or usurping the throne, if God chooses a king, as he did David and Saul, they have to be anointed with a special oil by a prophet. And they're called the anointed one. Years later, when the Jewish holy books were finally translated into Greek to be placed in that other wonder of the world, the great library in Alexandria, Egypt. This very important word, anointed one, was translated as Christos, Christ. So what you have now is the Israelite people waiting for a prophet who's going to be greater than Moses. A king who's going to be greater than David. A king who's a descendant of David who's called Christos. Unfortunately, our Jewish friends had to wait and wait. The next thousand years of their kingdom wasn't very successful. They were always getting bullied by their neighbors, Assyrians. But particularly things went really pear-shaped when the Babylonians invaded King 
you can give me a clap at the end if I pronounce this correct, King Nebuchadnezzar. He came, he captured and exported the whole country, all of them. He enslaved them all in Babylon, which is modern-day Iraq. But here's the interesting thing. The people that come to the front, the important people at this time, and even when they finally returned to Israel, were men that we call the prophets. And they told the Israelites, the reason that you keep getting bullied and defeated by your enemies is because you keep disobeying God, disobeying his commandments. Worshipping false gods, and worse, embracing the awful customs of the nations that surround you. And God called this abominations. However, they didn't harp on the past too long. They, like all the people before them, got the people to focus on the future. This great king, this Christos, this Messiah, this prophet. And they taught the Jews some interesting things. One, that this great prophet and king was not so much going to save them from their enemies. He was going to save them from themselves, from their sins. He wasn't so much to be a great king over the nations, but to be a king in the heart of every man. Furthermore, and the Jews really had difficulty with this one, they said that this great king, as the prophet Isaiah tells us, was going to have to be not only a servant, but a servant who suffered greatly. His suffering was going to pay for their sins. Finally, though, the prophets told them something that very few of them were able to understand and get their head around. That this great king, Messiah, prophet, Christos, was not going to be an ordinary man, but was going to be God's become man. Or rather, God assuming man unto himself. Friends, we can get towards our conclusion here because finally an event happened which corresponded to all that the Jews have been looking forward to for thousands of years. A baby was born in Bethlehem, son of a poor woman named Mary. She called him Jesus. She was a poor woman, but... She was a descendant of David, and so was her husband Joseph. However, when this Jesus grew up, although others did, he didn't call himself the son of David. He called himself the son of man. And he claimed to be a prophet greater than Moses. He asked his friends, who do other people say that I am? The most intimate of them, Peter, answered, you are the Christ. But not only the Christ, the Son of the living God. When the chief priests and the religious authorities asked him, Are you the Christ? He said, Yes. And he quoted the prophet Daniel, who hundreds of years before had said, And yes, the next time you see me, it will be coming on the clouds with the power of the angels to judge men. Friends, because we believe this claim, we say Jesus is the Christ. The one the Jews have been looking forward to. That the baby born in Bethlehem is the anointed one come down from heaven.
the son of Abraham, the son of David, claiming to be greater than David, Abraham, Moses, and all the prophets put together. That was Jesus of Nazareth. This is Jesus our Savior. This is Jesus Christ in whom we believe. This MP3 recording has been made available by Family Life International. Help us to make many more available in order to promote our Catholic faith. Go to www.familyandlife.org.uk and donate today. Thank you.